Hi, I'm Steve Schwartz, co-founder of Unrivaled, and your host for this episode of Beyond the Scoreboard. If you don't already know, Beyond the Scoreboard is a show dedicated to highlighting the positive and innovative work that professional sports teams are doing for their fans and local communities. On today's show, we're talking with Melinda Rogers-Hickson, chair of the Jays Care Foundation, the charitable arm of the Toronto Blue Jays. We've invited Melinda on the show to talk with us about the foundation and the recent acceptance of MLB's 2020 Bud Selig Award for Philanthropic Excellence. Let's bring in Melinda now. Hi, Melinda. Thank you for joining us on Beyond the Scoreboard. Steve, it's great to be here, and thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Let's get started by talking about the work that the Toronto Blue Jays are doing through the Jays Care Foundation. Can you first just give us some background on what the foundation is about? Sure. The Jays Care Foundation was first founded in 1992 um, and has really evolved significantly over the last 28 years. We've learned a tremendous amount as we've grown, whether it's how to deliver the best impact in our communities, how to raise awareness and drive fundraising. But that said, our mission at the foundation is that through the power of baseball, we empower kids facing barriers across Canada to build character and unlock their potential. Our vision has been and continues to be to help foster a level playing field for all children and youth across our great country. And today, the Jays Care proudly impacts over 35,000 children and youth living in all 10 Canadian provinces and two territories. Well, Melinda, if I heard you correctly, you said the Jays Care Foundation has been around for 28 years and you've impacted 35,000 kids across Canada. Is that correct? Yep. Wow. So you guys have been at this for a while and you kind of know what you're doing. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations. Obviously, that's a real commitment that the team has made. Tell me a little bit more about the Blue Jays community commitment that you guys launched this past year. Uh, And before you start, I just want to remind our listeners that the Toronto Blue Jays didn't play a single home game in 2020. Yeah, you're right, Steve. We didn't have the team in Toronto and frankly, miss them dearly. Hopefully they'll come back sooner rather than later. In response, you know, to the devastating impact COVID-19 has had on our country's under-resourced communities, the Jays Care Foundation, um, quickly adapted our youth-centered programming to address the changing needs of Canadian families. We felt strongly at the time that we needed to think very creatively and frankly out of the box in order to meet the growing needs around us. So as a result, we developed the Jays Care Community Commitment, which was $7.5 million, and it was our COVID-19 response plan supporting Canadian families that were disproportionately impacted by the pandemic along with a massive investment in volunteer time. The first challenge that we saw was the fact that low-income visible minority populations were and are testing positive for COVID-19 at record rates. In Toronto, 30% of people earn under $50,000 a year, with over 50% of this group testing positive for COVID-19, and approximately 82% of visible minorities testing positive as well. The second challenge we felt we had to step up to address was around food insecurity. In Canada, there's an almost 40% increase in food insecurity that has occurred over the course of this pandemic, which is a massive surge. And in fact, one in seven Canadians are considered food insecure. And for us as a country, that's over 5 million people. The third challenge we identified was an ongoing concern from parents in vulnerable communities about their children's loneliness, 
their isolation, and frankly, the lack of daily physical activity since this pandemic began. So we chose to follow and focus on two key areas. So the first was virtual programming, and the goal here was to keep kids active and support their mental health and physical health while continuing to help them build life skills. So during this time, we trained 1,432 teachers, programmers, and volunteers. We had 13,475 children and youth in regular ongoing virtual programs. And we provided 12,928 books to be exact across the country, along with 327,000 equipment kits. The second area, you know, which I've touched on was food insecurity. And we had and have had a very long standing relationship with Food Banks Canada. So the upside for us was the relationship was already there. Uh, we also had a ballpark, the Rogers Centre, that was literally sitting there empty. And so as part of our response, we wanted to be able to leverage this asset to help Canadians, you know, in particular since it's not like we could use it for playing baseball or any other type of um, entertainment opportunity. It was just sitting there, right? Yeah, a, a great asset just not being used. And, and very eerie to walk through it, by the way, when it's empty. How did you guys actually use the facility to distribute that product? Well, so first we've had approached Chris Hatch, the CEO of Food Banks Canada, and he's going to tell you and would tell you that the entire food bank model in Canada had been turned on its head. Um, the volunteers were not allowed to do volunteer collection, and they weren't able to come together to pack the large quantity of food baskets. So while you could pack in little groups, in order to pack hundreds of thousands of them, you needed a big venue and you needed people to be able to come together. Um, on top of that, a very large portion of their volunteers were seniors. So we met with Food Banks uh, Canada over a very condensed period of time, literally just a couple of weeks. We walked the Rogers Centre and we brainstormed on how we could best partner with them. The upside is in the Rogers Centre too. There's a massive amount of freezer and refrigeration space for a lot of the products that they needed. Mm, all right, good um, yeah, it was great, actually. And, and so as a result, we leveraged the space to essentially pack and prepare 400,000 hampers. And to get the volunteers we needed, we challenged our employees, who we consider our extended family, and our partners to step up to the plate and help Canadians where they needed it most. And so we, we had to set a goal of just under three months. We weren't sure if, when baseball would be allowed to return. And we consulted with public health officials. We instituted very strict protocols. So we were able to facilitate over 5,000 volunteer shifts with over 20,000 volunteers. And I got to tell you, the coordination of both the volunteers, the food deliveries and storage to the center prior to packing, the pallets and distribution of the pallets itself was an enormous undertaking. Um, but we ultimately packed over 8 million meals for Canadians coast to coast. Wow. And I have to say, I'm so proud of our team. Wow. How many volunteers did it take to do that again? And how many hours of effort? <laughs> uh, a lot. Um, okay, so let me share some numbers. We we ended up packing 9.7 million pounds of food and wow. delivering them. Oh, my God. Um, which was 8 million meals to Canadians across the country. Um, we traveled... 395,881 kilometers to deliver the hampers coast to coast. We had 20,000 volunteer hours with 5,000 volunteer shifts that I previously mentioned. Right. With 3,000 local food banks and community agencies and uh, delivered, in addition to this, over 600 food hampers and youth activity guides to remote indigenous communities 
which frankly tend to be the hardest hit. Mm -hmm. So in total, 750,000 food insecure Canadians were supported through this program. And that represents 15% of all food insecure individuals in our country, um, an enormous amount. And the incredible thing that I keep hearing is, although the, the ball club is based in Toronto, the impact was felt across the country. So really from Montreal all the way to Vancouver, is that correct? Correct. It was coast to coast. And I guess that really underlines the fact that the entire country really roots for the Blue Jays. They are Canada's team, yes. Very cool. And what a huge effort. It's really important to realize, Steve, that when we embarked upon this program, the government was ordering us to stay inside our homes. So coming to help with this initiative was a very big deal early on in this pandemic. It required courage and faith courage that you're going to be okay and you you would get through this and faith in the art of the possible and in their own power to make a difference. Steve, without all of our volunteers, none of this would have been possible. So, you know, I guess I would say to all Canadians who stepped up to the plate, thank you all for making this possible. Yeah, it sounds like there were a lot of hands and there were a lot of contributions to make the impact that you guys did. Now, of course, to bring this full circle... Uh, the great success that the Blue Jays had in the Community Commitment Initiative led the team to winning the prestigious Bud Selig Award for Philanthropic Excellence. Can you tell us a little bit more about this award and what it means to the Blue Jays organization to win it again, actually for the second time? It is an unbelievable honor to be the second club to ever win the Bud Selig Award for a second time, and that's within 10 years. And it's a testament to the hard work and smart thinking of the entire Blue Jays organization, both the team and the foundation, and a true commitment to our fans and community, many of which did step up and come and volunteer as well, by the way. And as you know, the the award recognizes the club's exceptional contribution to the community. Our club cares. And I can really say that I feel we have the best ball club in baseball with Mark Shapiro at the helm for another five years. He leads by example, and he's a great role model in this. My father would have been really proud. He'd be proud of the team, of our entire organization for taking care of Canadians when they need it most. And really, as Canada's baseball team, this award really belongs to all Canadians, as Blue Jays fans, partners, staff, players, and alumni who generously gave their money and time to support the Jays care programs this year. Melinda, thank you so much for joining us on Beyond the Scoreboard today. Any final thoughts or information you want to share with sports fans across the United States and Canada? Thanks, Steve, for your interest in the foundation and helping us tell our story. And for anyone who wants to learn more or wants to get involved in any way, you can find more at the links at the end of this podcast. And you can always find me on LinkedIn. Drop me a note. My door is always open. Melinda, thank you again. Congratulations and best of luck in 2021. Thanks so much, Steve.